Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 194 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. This week on the podcast, I was happy to be joined by Kristen Ryan. Kristen Ryan is a mother of four children living in Chicago, Illinois. She has a healthy obsession with landscape photography and Grand Teton National Park. Kristen leads all women landscape photography retreats in the Tetons, Chicago, Canada, and elsewhere. Kristen hosts an online forum for women landscape photographers that she calls Women Capture Magic. She's also a Nature First Ambassador. Kristen and I discussed some interesting topics this week, including how she became obsessed with landscape photography and the Tetons, her all-women landscape photography retreats, her Women Capture Magic online forum, the challenges of being a mom to four children as a full-time photographer, intimate landscape photography using a telephoto lens, and much more. Over on Patreon this week, Kristen and I talk about tips and tricks to using neutral density filters for long exposures in landscape photography. Before we get started, I wanted to remind listeners about a fantastic website dedicated to our craft, Nature Photographers Network. NPN is a one-stop shop and includes critiques, discussion forums, contests, and incredible articles from our contemporaries. Listeners of the podcast can get a 60-day free trial by using the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, Kristen Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Of course, it's um, I I feel like your name constantly pops up on my radar, either from other guests or other people in the landscape photography community recommending you. Um, so it's awesome to f- talk to you. Yeah, it's nice to connect and talk to you in person. <laughs> so to speak. So to speak, <laughs> yes. I feel like that's how everybody is talking these days, right? There's very little face-to-face, a lot of voice-to-voice. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like when I first started this podcast, probably most people thought this was kind of a weird format, but now they're like, oh, it's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, all of our kids are totally used to it now. It's like the normal day-to-day of everything. Yes, very true. A little bit sad as well. Yes, indeed. But thank goodness. I, mean, I can't imagine what this would have been like without of all of our technology, right? Totally. Well, cool. For so for people that aren't familiar with you and your photography, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a... Uh, landscape and nature photographer. I'm living outside Chicago. I've actually lived outside Chicago for quite a long time. I went to Northwestern University for my undergrad and moved to Chicago. And that's where I met my husband and started having kids. And then we moved to the suburbs about goodness, uh, 2007. So I've lived in the Western suburbs for quite a long time. And uh, I have four kids ranging in ages 10 to 14 and a half. So my youngest two are twins and uh, it's quite a busy household um, (laughs) to say the least. Um, I have enjoyed photography really all my life, but it wasn't really until my twins were born, um, just, just about 10 years ago now that I decided that I would finally truly figure out how to control the camera. Cause I think I thought I knew what I was doing, but I had no clue. <laughs> that shooting manual meant like focusing manual. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So I really had a lot to learn. Um, and, um, before, actually before I started learning photography and before kids, I was a freelance harpist. So I, you know, was kind of already on the artistic side. And I think when all these kids came along, I was searching for, um, still that creative, creative side of things and, and playing wasn't, fitting all my needs at the time and kind of dove into the photography. And once I like started figuring out how to shoot and control the camera, it was like, there was no turning back. (laughs) I became a little obsessed. My husband's like, I think you're a little anxious. I was like, no, I'm just really excited. It was very exciting to be learning something new and um, to be able to create like that. And it started out, I think, really about my kids at that point. 
And then shortly after I really started figuring out how to work the camera technically, I got back out to the Tetons for a fall trip on my own. And that's when my love of landscape photography like really bloomed. There's like a definite turning point for me and kind of took it from there and eventually started teaching and becoming doing work professionally. So it is what I do um, for my job is uh, (laughs) landscape photography. And it's great to be able to do something you love. Yeah, did you transition from the musical career straight into photography? Well, I was still I was still playing the harp and gigging, and I played uh, for the afternoon tea at the Drake Hotel in Chicago um, before we moved to the suburbs. And then when we were in the suburbs, I still did some private lessons and gigs. But um, once I became pregnant with my twins it kind of gradually just became too difficult to to keep doing that. And I didn't really get a lot of time to continue to play on my own. And so it, it kind of dwindled a little bit, which I think um, when I started really diving into the photography, I had a deep need for that creative outlet. Um, and and really, I I didn't have an intention of building a photography business. Um, I just really fell in love with, with landscape photography. And at the time I was very involved with, um, clicking moms and I'm not sure if you are familiar, but, um, it is, it's developed into a bigger company called clicking company. Um, at the time when I was on, it was, uh, called clicking moms and it was a forum, um, I took some classes there and as I became into the landscape photography more and more, there was not a landscape photography workshop um, in their school. And so I pitched a landscape photography workshop to them and began to teach that in 2014. And I really, I really wanted to teach just because I, I really loved what I was doing and I wanted to share that with the other women on the forum that were reaching out, you know, that they were really interested in expanding their landscape photography and learning more about it. And I think just loving what I do and, and connecting with other people just kind of led me down the teaching route and it just kind of developed from there. It wasn't, it wasn't really a laid out plan <laughs> that I was going to build a business, but it just kind of, it kind of de- developed organically on its own. Well, that's not a bad problem to have. <laughs> no, looking back at, you know, it's kind of interesting how it all came about. But, um, you know, I, lo- I just have loved what I've done. And so, it yeah, definitely worked out um, in a good way. So, yeah. Well, and from what I understand, too, you're you you grew up spending a lot of time in the Tetons. Is that right? I did. Yes. And I think that you know, the Tetons really are where my love of nature began from a very young age. My grandparents bought property there in 1969. So back when Jackson Hole was kind of the sleepy little town that that people uh, lament and still often wish that it was. Um, So yeah, they built there in 1969. and, And so I started going when since I was a teeny tiny little girl and my grandma would tell me to tell the story that when I was four I put up my arms and it was like my mountains and I think that just you know they they happened to pick a place that really spoke to my heart at you know in a deep level um so yeah we went out there most summers of of my life to spend time with them at their house and yeah. Well, it just seems to me like, with it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that would be a, a very natural marriage, you know, having a love of a place and then going back to that place with a camera, it kind of probably sparked a really nice symbiotic relationship between place and craft. Yeah, I really think so. Um, I mean, I think that's what really sparked my love of landscapes. I, I, th- I always love nature 
And I think that that was there in me. But when I went and spent a weekend alone, um, so that was the fall of 2012. And I just, I went out on one of my favorite hikes and just took the camera and, you know, there were no, I didn't shoot any people. It was just me and nature and, and the, in the place that I love. And, um, yeah, it was, I, I just, that was like the, the combination of that point in time in my photography learning and bringing that place that meant so much to me. I think it just, everything just kind of clicked and just kind of went from there. And it still is my favorite, really my favorite place to photograph, even though there is amazing beauty in so many places and I want to go everywhere. Um, but that place will always have a, a special place in my heart. So yeah, yeah no, I totally appreciate that. Do you have and a I, place like that too? <laughs> I've got a few of them here in Colorado for sure. I mean, definitely here in the San Juan mountains of Colorado, it's just, um, I don't know. It's, there's just something about it that really is unbeatable <laughs> for me anyway. Uh, I'd like to visit Colorado more. Yeah. It's, it's been a while since I've been to Colorado. And, you know, of course, similar to the Tetons, you know, the magic in the fall is just, you can have a one of those days that just, you know, everything lines up and the color is perfect. You have beautiful clouds, beautiful mountains, beautiful light. And it's like, you can't, there's no way to beat it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've recently seen some, uh, some pretty fantastic autumn fall color from Colorado that was shared from this year. Although I know you guys had a lot of fire and smoke, but. Um, well, I was going to say, if, if you saw anything from this year that had clouds in it, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> isn't Colorado, well, it's Denver that's supposed to have the most blue sky days, isn't it? Yeah, we have like over 300 days of sun for sure. But, you know, the last two falls have just been brutal in terms of clouds or lack thereof. Yeah, my um, husband always laughs at me about the clouds. He's like, you're the only person I know that curses a sunny forecast. <laughs> well, I was gonna say most I think most landscape photographers have a love-hate relationship with clouds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I, th I think that is exactly right. They're never where we want them to be. They're never there when we don't, they're always there when we don't want them to be. Yep. They're never they're never in the right place. They're never the right color. Yep. They're never the right shape. <laughs> my yeah. daughter always says to me when the clouds come she's like look mommy you got your clouds <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious well no it's funny because um if it wasn't for all the crazy blow, boring blue sky days that we've had here in Colorado over the last couple of years I would have never gotten into doing more telephoto like intimate stuff and I know that's something that you said you were getting more and more into and I was curious to talk a little bit about, you know, what drove you to get more into that style of photography? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I bought the Sigma 150 to 600 uh, lens a few years back, and I bought it partly for just to have for wildlife. Um, I don't consider myself, you know, I'm more landscape than wildlife, but I enjoy the wildlife when when it comes along and when I can find it. Um, and then also just to kind of have when my, my kids were doing some sports and, um, so I kind of used it here and there and, um, you know, I started bringing it out to the Tetons because, you know, the other, only other lens I had would go to 200, which for wildlife is just not going to cut it. And so, um, you know, there were just times I'd start finding myself like, looking at the scene and thinking, you know, what's really drawing me to the scene is those, you know, that far off detail or a smaller segment of the scene. And so I really needed the telephoto lens in order to, to capture that story. Mm -hmm. And so I, that really started not just, it started before this year, but then also when, when COVID hit, um, hit him, you know, in March and I'm in Illinois. 
Illinois is not very pretty. <laughs> Unless you have snow, Illinois is not very pretty in the wintertime. So when I suddenly found out we were grounded and all of our travel for the spring was canceled, um, I kind of just started looking out my window. And the one thing I'm very grateful for, um, and even more so in the last number of months, is that we have a we have, it's a retention pond, but it's a pond that is just beyond our kitchen window and our deck overlooks it as well. And it's actually really, really pretty as little like nature spot in the middle of the suburbs. And so I would just kind of watch outside and watch the pond and there's the birds would start, you know, landing on my branches or there was some rain and snow. And I just started noticing all the little details mm-hmm. that was around, you know, in my backyard essentially. And so I, one day, I don't remember what bird it was, but it was something interesting. And I went to grab my camera with the 150 to 600 on it. And by the time I got back, of course, whatever this was, was gone. But I decided to stick the camera with my 150 to 600 in the corner of my counter, just for whenever I would see something that grabbed my eye. And so it kind of started this like backyard beauty project Um with my 150 to 600. And I just continued to use that more and more locally. And then over, I was, I was lucky enough to travel a little bit this year and took it with me. And just the more, the more I use it, the more I love it. And I think I've just been really looking for those smaller scenes, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what details are grabbing my eye? What is the story? And and using that longer lens to um, to tell that story. Yeah, and so. it's, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like the possibilities are almost endless with a telephoto. Yes, I I love that. Yeah. You know? And you can, I, lo- I mean, I love the grand landscape, especially when you do get the, you know, the dramatic skies and, and you know, you're just standing there with your jaw open. But I love the way that you can pick out the details of a scene and, you know, capture a variety of different scenes within the larger scene that are a little more unique. And I don't know, I think there's something kind of special about that. Yeah. And I think there's, um, there's an element of personal expression that, that it kind of affords you that you can't necessarily get as easily with a, with a wide angle lens, especially if you're in kind of a well-known place, you know? Yes. I think, I think that's definitely true. And I also think that sometimes the thing that can sometimes be drawing you to a scene might, you know, just be a smaller segment where if you're using that long or not longer, wider focal length, that highlight gets lost. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, like if the light is just shining right on this one little patch of trees and you use a wide, wider angle, then, you know, that, that one little spot that is what is, is grabbing your eye can get, you know, can get lost. So I love using the longer lens, you know, to really, I guess, to make it clear, you know, exactly what it is that yeah. the reason, you know, the reason I clicked the shutter is because of that, that spot. Right. This <laughs> you know? is my subject. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, r- rather than, um, rather than trying to capture a bigger scene and hoping that, you know, hoping that someone sees what your story is. So yeah, yeah, I remember I really enjoyed when it. I first started out, I was obsessed with wide angle everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like me too. Oh, <laughs> like this is the entire in scene of everything I can see right here in one photo. How cool is that? <laughs> I was the same way and I definitely was all about the wide angles and um and I still love them sometimes, but Oh, for sure. Know, people always ask like for my class and stuff, well, what, what's the best, you know, landscape lens, which one should I get? And I was like, well, I'm not sure your um, husband is going to like me very much (laughs) when I, when I tell you the whole range of lenses that I use. Um, So yeah, that's, you know, I'm like, well, whichever is the best for the scene. Um, (laughs) I, I, I don't pack light very well unfortunately yeah. yeah and i don't know about you too but the more i do telephoto work the harder it is for me to see wide angle scenes i don't like to compose them is becoming harder and harder for me which is so weird oh 
Why do you think What's, that is? I I don't know. I think it's maybe just a lack of practice. Um, maybe. Or I don't know. But it's it's like I've, it's like I remember three or four years ago. I I remember having the exact opposite conversation. Like I can't huh. see telephoto, and now it's like I can't see wide angle. <laughs> maybe uh, you've just trained your eye to be looking for the different details and you yeah, know like so. different things that are drawing your eye. Yeah, I think it I think that's part of it or it's just like my I'm just less interested in the wide scene, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't well, catch my attention. Well, one thing that I've definitely found too is that I love the way like with, you know, going back to, you know, like the Tetons for example, like that I mean, I always loved capturing them with this, you know, wide angle dramatic sky, but I love the way the telephoto makes them appear as grand as they are, totally. you know, they're, you know, the wide angle definitely can shrink, <laughs> can shrink yes. the mountains down, you know, where you're like, well, they don't look as impressive as they did when I was standing there, right. you know, <laughs> where the telephoto like really enhances that feeling which i totally totally yeah well so i want to go back to um kind of where you had left it off earlier with the uh the the what did you call it the click women click oh yeah so the where i when i first started learning um with to learn how to use my camera and learning about light and uh, lots of different you know stuff that you learn about when you first start figuring out your camera. Um, I joined a forum called Clickin' Moms. Clickin' Moms. Okay. Yes. And Clickin' Moms has evolved. Um, So there is still Clickin' Moms forum, but there's also a bigger company called, it's under an umbrella of Click and Company. Okay. Do they do Click and Drink? uh, That I don't, (laughs) not (laughs) part of it, I don't believe. (laughs) Uh, Because I remember... I went to an event in Portland once. It was like drink and click or click and drink. Oh, anyway, I have not heard that. No. Now, so I still teach that um, online landscape photography workshop, and it's called The World Around You, and that is under what they have called now Click Photo School, gotcha. which is you know part of under Click and Company, and they have Click Magazine and um, click away is the conference that they do. Um, so, um, yeah, that was, that's supposed to be in Chicago next year. We'll see how that pans out, but, um, totally. Yeah. So that, so they've evolved in the years that, um, I've been teaching with them, but that's where I, um, started learning and then started teaching. So, um, that's where my workshop runs through, through their company. Yeah. Well, the reason I wanted to go back to that was because you had mentioned that there was nobody doing a landscape photography um, uh, workshop for the 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 women that that were in the group with you, and I know now you do all women landscape photography retreats, and I was really curious to learn about why you decided to do all women landscape yeah. photography events. So. Yeah, so it was 2014 that I started to teach the online class. And um, because of, you know, the origin of the class being through Clickin' Moms, which is, it's not exclusive to women. You don't have to be a woman to um, participate with them. But it just, by its nature, ended up being um, all women that started taking the first few runs of my class. Although I have had a few men take the class. and so I'd been teaching that for a couple years. And so it would run twice a year. So I I don't know how many runs I'd had, maybe five or six or, you know, something like that. And I had a Facebook group for alumni and it really started to build up a great community of women that were really, you know, really loved landscape photography and were passionate about it. And, um, developing those relationships and, and teaching. And I ended up meeting a lot of those women in person at the click away conference that I mentioned. And, um, so I, I taught there at the conference and met a lot of the women. And I started feeling that 
I really wanted the opportunity to teach more in person, but I wanted to be able to do it, you know, in a small group and I wanted to be able to do it somewhere that I really loved where I could, you know, get us out to the, you know, great locations and great light. And, and I wanted to build, you know, to help bring that community of, you know, passionate nature photographers together and really, um, create an experience where we could, um, could bond and explore and, you know, learn all about photography together. And I think I just started, you know, I knew there were a lot of landscape photography workshops out there, but I kind of started looking and I just didn't, I saw like, I couldn't find anything that was, um, that was all women, um, at all. And so I just felt like, I felt like there was this, this need for women to like, I guess, to nurture themselves with, you know, their, with their photography. And I would, you know, just hear through all the conversations, you know, they would travel with their families and they'd be wanting to shoot the sunset and they'd want to be shooting sunrise, but they had to be with their families (laughs) and, um, you know, and they didn't feel safe to go out, you know, shooting, say, you know, in certain locations or in the dark on their own. And, Mm -hmm. and so, and obviously they could just go to any other workshop, but I really felt like there was an opportunity to not only, you know, learn about photography, but to, to have like an intimate experience where women could come together and share with each other. Um, and nothing against men, (laughs) but I just (laughs) felt like, cause I love to meet other, you know, uh, men photographers as well, but I felt like there there could be something special in bringing um, a group of women together to to explore and to take the pictures that we love and to build that community and friendships. And um, so that's when I kind of I had thought about it for a couple of years, and finally in um, in the beginning of 2017, I took the steps to really officially make myself a business and figure out what was needed to get a permit in the national park and planned the first retreat in the Tetons in September of 2017. So that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. That was the first one. Thanks. It was scary. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It was really scary. I was like, okay, this isn't really something anyone, you know, has done. And I didn't, you know, I thought that it was a, something that would be great. And you know, that, that women needed to put themselves and their creativity, you know, as a priority and to, to do that for themselves. But I didn't know if they'd do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was pretty scary, but, um, how, but it sold how, out and it was, it was awesome. How would you say that that approach is different than a, than a co-ed approach? <sighs> well, I have not taught a co-ed workshop. So, um, it's hard to, it's hard to necessarily, you know, say from my own experience, I just think that, um, I just felt like there would be some desire on the part of women to, to know that they'd be going and, and to be with all other women and maybe not, you know, think, well, what if I sign up for this workshop and it's all men? Um, I just, I, I think that they're, potentially is a, you know, just a different comfort level of what they might expect, mm-hmm. um, in that regard. Um, well, I'd be, I'm sure that the people that take the workshops have expressed to you kind of, I'm sure they've been on some co-ed workshops. So I'm wondering if they've told you like what they, how they feel like those type that approach is different or what they like about it. That's maybe, missing or, or just different about it than a a standard co-ed approach? Yeah. You know, no one has really specifically told me like, oh, you know, this, what they, if, you know, like what they might prefer, um, over the co-ed approach. I think that there is just, I think there's just an, maybe an intimacy of connecting between women that Mm -hmm. is appealing to, the women that sign up for the retreats that I've had. Um, I also think that 
um, some of them now have come to know each other and, you know, they're definitely were women that, that knew each other because they had taken my, my online class. So they kind of already developed a little bit of a relationship. Um, I do think, I do think in terms of like the women I know, I mean, by no means are they against male photographers, but I don't, I also do think that some women have had experiences where some male photographers, they don't feel as respected because they're Mm -hmm. women. Um, Sure. You know, I, I definitely think that, that that happens. So, I mean, you know, there might be a little bit of feeling like that's not going to happen if it's an all women experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's not talked about a lot, but I've ha- there's been a couple conversations in a few groups where people, someone vented and someone else is like, yeah, I had that experience <laughs> like that too. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I even had, I even had, a, um, I've had some men like say, well, okay, when are you going to open up your, your retreats to men? And I did have one say, yeah, it's probably a good idea. You just do all women. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I think I I think there was I don't know if if it somehow is in my approach in just that I have just worked to build some of the female community. And so the women who kind of enter that community um have a warm sense of what they're getting into. I'm not I'm on it like I'm not really sure. Sure. Um but I think that I think that there's just something that does appeal to a lot of women about about having that experience. Right. So, yeah. Um what? I did design the retreat in in some smaller cabins um that for me is the perfect location for the retreat. And so from that regard as well, I felt like mixing men and women wouldn't really work very well because um like just in terms of sharing you know, sure. A woman wouldn't really be comfortable sharing an accommodation with a man they've never met before. <laughs> so, right. so that was, you know, that was a, certainly a consideration in planning from the get go. Um, but I did feel like it just wasn't something that was out there, and I thought that it might appeal to to some of the women, especially the ones that I had come to know through through my teaching. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious, what are some of the kind of goals or um, objectives that you have that you're trying to accomplish through, through these retreats? So my hope with the retreat is, I mean, obviously to start with, I would love to share, um, whatever I can in terms of my own knowledge about landscape and nature photography, um, depending on where each participant is at, uh, when they come into the retreat, some women are really looking for a lot more hands-on photography, um, teaching and, and assistance. Some I think are looking, um, for the experience and connection with women and, um, and inspiration, but they might not need as much hands-on help. Um, and then of course, um, sharing, you know, leading them around a location that I love is part of the experience that I hope that they enjoy, um, connecting with each other. Um, I hope that, that not only do they learn from me, but I want them to be learning from each other because everybody that comes has something to offer. And of course, I hope that they just learn from immersing themselves in the experience because I think that, you know, just by getting out there and, and shooting and um, being immersed in that experience for several days just helps us, you know, to learn from our own experience. Um, so that's kind of my hope for for what they get. And I hope that um, they will come out of the experience, you know, with a community of friends and feeling more creative and inspired and, and leave feeling like, you know, the next time they go somewhere, they're feeling you know, more prepared to capture the place, the way their eyes are seeing it. Mm, mm-hmm. That that totally makes sense. So you've also kind of started like an offshoot uh, community for people that go on your 
retreats. Is that right? Is it the Women Capture Magic? Yes. So I recently started this. Um, it's a it's a network. It's it's through actually what's called Mighty Networks. Okay. Is like the platform that I'm using. So it is called it's called Women Capture Magic, and it's it was kind of a way for me to bring. Um, women, nature, landscape, photographers together. Um, not everyone that joins um, has come on a retreat or should come, you know, will come on a retreat necessarily. It was, it's just a way to bring women together to share um, their images, their knowledge. And it's, it's kind of just a little platform that um, we can um, do projects, people can share, ask questions. Um, it's just a little, it's like a community basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, within that platform, I'm able to create little groups so that, you know, when, for each retreat, I set up a group for all the women that'll be attending that retreat. So I'm able to, um, give them all the information in that group and everybody can get to know each other. So the larger, network of women capture magic is is open to is open pretty much to any um woman nature landscape photographer that's interesting and interested in you know sharing and connecting with other women it, there's no requirement in terms of like you know taking a class or retreat from me except so. for they have they have to be interesting <laughs> right they have to be interesting <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's pretty new. I just started it in, um, this year, early in the year. Um, it was, you know, I, I had interest in doing something that would kind of bring people from my retreats, my online class, and just people that, you know, I got to know through, you know, shared love of this passion. Mm -hmm. And, um, just kind of hadn't found the right way. And, um, a friend introduced me to these now the network and, um, I was kind of getting lost in the Facebook groups that I was setting up for my retreats. And I discovered I could set up these groups within, um, my women capture magic network. And so kind of all came together to do that. So it's just kind of, um, it's still kind of new. Um, but there's been a lot of enthusiasm for it. So I'm excited about it. I'm curious, what are some of the, uh, I guess, unintended but surprising kind of consequences or after thoughts that have occurred by kind of creating this community of women landscape photographers? Has anything surprised you or or made you kind of go, oh, that's super interesting, anything like that? Nothing, nothing jumps out at me, really. Um, I think, I just think there's a lot of women out there that that are really, um, really interested and passionate about nature photography that when I started getting interested in it, I just had no idea, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I started, when I started really learning about it and loving it, um, I didn't really know of a lot of women who were interested in it actually. Like it was just kind of, you know, um, that was one thing when I, when I did start out and clicking moms, um, more of the photographers on there were focused on um, capturing their kids or having a portrait business and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, not to say, I mean, there there were women on there that had interest in nature, but there, there was definitely more of a focus on the portraits and, and so forth. So um, I think I hadn't, I hadn't really discovered how many women are really you know, love the nature and landscapes and wildlife and all those kinds of, you know, that whole other world of photography outside of people. (laughs) So, um, so that's been, you know, it's been fun to see how many, how much enthusiasm there is for, for our natural world. Yeah. It's funny because you, you think about men growing up, a lot of people have access to the outdoors through, you know, like the Boy Scouts or, or Cub Scouts or like through their, through their dad or whatever. And it seems like the entry point for women is not necessarily always as obvious, I guess. Yeah, Um, I think that's true. And I think that that's, maybe that's one reason I think the, 
all women retreat has worked well is that maybe maybe women don't find it as intimidating mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does um, make sense yeah well and I, I mean it's funny because i'll talk to um some people i've met through like photography clubs and things like that and they're interested in going on photography trips to the outdoors but like they've never camped outside uh, you know in a tent and, yeah you know things like that are like just like if you've never done it before it's kind of intimidating i would think you know yeah yeah so yeah i think that you know i think that probably could be part of it as well you know and i think some of the women that come to my retreats are you know at a phase where the where their kids are older you know mm-hmm. maybe they're in college or or even you know high school or they're often married but there's but there's also women with who come and they have you know kids that are leaving and um, you know, I have women will come and say, oh, this is totally outside my comfort zone. And, um, but it's potentially, I think coming and being in a group of, of other women and other moms, not all necessarily moms, but like, you know, there's, there's a feeling of like, oh, these ladies probably get me, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so that might, that might make it more appealing as well. Um, totally. Well, strength you know, in numbers, kind of an idea. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time leaving my family when I go and I love what I do. <laughs> so, right. You know. Yeah. No, totally. It's like whenever I do big, long photography trips, I tend to always want to do them with at least one or two other people just because it's, I don't know, there's lots of things that can go wrong and you want to be with people so that they can help you out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So one of the other things that uh, you had mentioned is that um, you're doing like a coffee table book the, to kind of celebrate the group of women that you've created this community with. Um, yes. I'd love to hear about that. Yes. So um, this is, a it's a, it's like a passion project. Um, a friend of mine, um, her name is Amy Miller. She and I had a chat it was, gosh, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, just talking about, um, you know, celebrating women and, um, our love of nature and the community, um, that, you know, kind of has had developed in, in part from, um, the class that I taught and all the women that kind of gradually became part of that community. And Amy is, um, very passionate about designing books photo books and stuff. That's kind of her background. And so we were just talking about um, different ideas on how um, we could create a coffee table book that would bring together, you know, the beautiful work of, of the women that are part of our community. And so we talked about this a couple different times and we ca- talked about different ideas for kind of themes of how to bring it together Um, and then it was early in this pandemic that we kind of came back to the idea and we're like, this would be a great time, I think, to, you know, to make this happen, um, during, I think it's super fitting because I think for so many of us, um, even just the little, you know, walks out in, in nature have been so therapeutic during the pandemic, and then, you know, just, yes. you know, that need for connection. So um, the book is, you know, kind of meant to celebrate um, nature and the talent of the female community and, um, you know, the connection between us. And so what we, um, we came up with 10 different chapter themes and um, put out request for images within the women capture magic community. And, uh, so we, people were able to submit in all these different categories. Um, just for example, like, um, seeking serenity into the woods, um, after dark, let's adventure. Those are several of them. We have 10 different themes. And so, um, we had, quite a number of submissions. And then, um, Amy, myself, and another, um, woman, Megan Arndt, the three of us 
painstakingly went through and um, selected images that are going to very well represent the community and the images that were submitted. So um, we're very excited. We're very close to having the design done. So, um, and then it will be printed and people will be able to order it. So that's cool. Are you uh, yeah. self-publish- self-publishing? Yeah, we're self-publishing through Blurb so that we'll, you know, it'll be print on demand and um, that way we won't have to <laughs> try and figure out how many books um, people will be, you know, interested in buying. And right. we're not doing, you know, we're not doing it as uh, for profit. That's, you know, not, not our goal in, mm-hmm. in creating the book. Um, it's really just to, to celebrate, um, the community and, and put this, you know, evidence of everybody's talent and love of nature kind of into this book that will celebrate that, that we can, you know, display in our home. So there's been a ton of enthusiasm for it. So we're pretty excited. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be amazing. So crossing my fingers, it all comes together as we're envisioning it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. How many people are in your group? Um, right now, I think, you know, I, I think it's about 400 that might be in the, in the group right now. I can't remember how many last time I checked the membership, but I think it's about 400 that have joined. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a great little community. And, um, I started, uh, like a, just a project 12 with prompts for each month. Um, so that, Mm. you know, people have something to inspire them. I know landscape in particular sometimes can be hard to get out (laughs) to shoot, you know, super frequently. So you just do a monthly theme, but, um, that's, you know, one thing started and, um, it's it's a good little community, so I hope it keeps growing and people are enthusiastic. We're excited about the book, and I have an Instagram hub for it. For the it's just women capture magic too. So um, I think you know women find that, and there's been a lot of kind of enthusiasm between the two. That's so awesome. yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, well, what you just said about landscape making it really hard to uh, to get out. I think that's a perfect segue to talk a little bit about the fact that you have four kids ranging from the age of nine to 14. So you're a yeah. busy mom. You're a busy mom. I am, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're running a photography business. So how in the heck do you manage to do both of those well? Oh, I don't know if I do both of them well. <laughs> Um, (laughs) oh, it's, I, you know, it's really hard. Um, you know, every once in a while, someone will say, I don't know how you do all that. I'm like, I don't know how I do all that either. Um, it is hard. I think, you know, I, and some days I'm like, gosh, I do all this photography. Like maybe I should slow it down. (laughs) Um, and then sometimes I'm just like, but I need my photography, you know, like when I get, um, when I get to my location and I'm out shooting and I'm like totally in that single moment of time, you know, you're fully in that present moment and you're not worried about yesterday. You're not worried about tomorrow. It's just all about that light. And it's, you know, that's like my therapy. Um, So I feel like I need that. And, you know, I've, I run the retreats because I just really, really love to do it. And I love, to go out and explore. And I love to be with other women who love to do what I do and to help, you know, them to get more creative. Um, you know, like just as an example, one time at one retreat, we're all sitting at dinner and we're sitting on the top of this deck where we could see the Tetons and it was kind of cloudy and in we, you know, it was the last night and waiting to see what would happen, maybe go for sunset, but we weren't sure. So we're kind of sitting there totally toward towards the end of dinner and all of a sudden like the light kind of changed and everybody looked at each other and we're like all right let's go <laughs> you know <laughs> and and that was the end and we all you know ran and got our stuff we must have been out of there in 10 minutes um you know and those kinds of moments i think um 
I, I need that. I need to get out in nature. I need to connect with others who love to do what I do. Um, but it is, it is hard when you have kids and I, it's hard for me to travel away from my family. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I struggle with that thinking, Oh, I'm going to be gone for a week. And it's not even easy that easy to talk to them when I'm gone because sometimes my service isn't good and I, you know, I'm working and the times don't match up. Um, so it, you know, it's pretty busy. Um, and, and it's hard, it's just hard to go shoot for myself too. You know, it's, you know, I see some, there's a lot of obviously, as you know, like really full-time landscape photographers who are out traveling and in these amazing places or live in an amazing place. And I'm just kind of sitting here in in my Illinois suburb with my four kids, like, oh, it would be nice to go and, you know, I definitely have that struggle where I would really like to be shooting more and exploring more places that I know would make my jaw drop. Um, But at the same time, like I, you know, I do love my little family. They're everything to me. So that's a hard struggle. Yeah. I don't don't know if you feel the same way as me, but uh, that dichotomy for me kind of makes makes the experience of being in the outdoors and away from my family that much sweeter. But then it also makes my experience of being home with my family also sweeter because, you know, when, you know, that five to 10 days that you're away, you, you know, you start to miss your family and, and then you get back and you're like, Oh yeah, I really love my family. And then when you're away from the nature for so long and you're able to get back into it, it's like, Oh man, this is amazing. It's, I don't know. Like, I kind of like it that way. I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. I mean, I know when I'm, you know, when I'm away and then I come home, it's like, I think, and usually once I know they're fine after like a day, like they're still alive, I'm like, okay, they're good. (laughs) Like I can, I can be me without them now. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I do, I miss them and I hear their little voices. um, Although my oldest is starting to not sound so much like a little one. Oh my you gosh. know, it makes me, yeah, you know, I definitely, and I come home and home is that much better. Um, and I know sometimes I have a hard time as much as I want to go, like the day before I leave, I'm just like, why am I going? Like, and I worry and I worry and I worry. And then, and then I get there and I'm like, note to self, <laughs> like, this is why you have to go. Like, <laughs> I'm like driving through the Tetons. I'm like, oh, this is the best ever, you know? And I'm like, why didn't I want to leave home again? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I often wonder about that for people that are, you know, out in the field, you know, 200, 300 days a year. It's like, I wonder if that just gets tiring or boring after a while. I don't know. Maybe maybe for some people it doesn't. But for me, I think I would get kind of, I don't know, my... Your senses, I think, would get told a little, maybe. Or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I would be really tired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love to travel, but I also, like, I have a flip side of a homebody. Like, I am definitely a homebody. Yeah. But at the same time, I really love nature. So, you know, it's, I I have these, like, I really want to see, like, I'll see a picture and, like, it's just, like, my, my, like, chest gets tight, like, I want to go. But at the same time, like, I love nothing more than, like, being at home with my coffee and my, you know, looking totally. through my computer, my my pictures that I took last time I was away, you know, I don't know. I There's a, there is a balance probably, I think, to it. I don't, sometimes I wonder if I, when do you process if you're always traveling and you're, like, like when I'm away, I'm just like, oh, take, 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 and I shove the memory card in just to back up and I'm like, you know, I'm an image collector. And then, and then later, you know, I get to review, but I don't know if I was always in the beautiful place. Like, I don't know when I would process them. I know. Totally. I guess you, you do it while you're in the field. I don't know. For me, it's like when I'm in the field and it's, I'm not shooting anymore. I'm usually doing one of three or four things. I'm either cooking, drinking beer or sleeping. So yeah, (laughs) you know, yeah. I don't sleep well when I'm gone. I can't sleep. It's like I oh, feel yeah. like I'm missing something if I'm sleeping. Like totally. I can sleep at home. 
<laughs> and sleep at home. And then I always like, come home and my daughter's like, why are you always so tired when you come back from trips? Because <laughs> like, I literally didn't sleep. Because I basically, yeah, basically I didn't sleep at all. But that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it's definitely hard, you know, and I mean, I, I, I couldn't travel all the time, all the time for sure. But I certainly love to see all the places that people see <laughs> that they're seeing when they're travel all the time. Yeah. So do you, um, it sounds like you have a lot like me, like you have a pretty good balance and supporting spouse that kind of helps make it so that you can actually pull it off. Yeah. You know, he, he, my husband is very supportive. Um, he's, um, he's not really, well, we'll see what happens about working from home. He has worked from home because of the pandemic some, but he did, he's not in a job where he was able to just work at home when I'm gone. Right. So he's, he's all over taking care of the kids in his off of work time. Like he has no problem with me being gone. Um, the challenge is that if he's during his work hours, if I'm going to be gone, I have to find someone else to watch the kids. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my big challenge. It's probably one of the biggest challenges of my job is making sure I have someone to watch them that I trust when I'm gone. Right. Outside of, outside of his work hours or I'm sorry, within his work hours. But yeah, he's, he's very supportive. Um, completely supportive of my of my retreats and very proud of me and um he doesn't always love to watch the kids while like on <laughs> vacation while I shoot <laughs> right that's not his favorite thing like right. he's like, a lot. He's like yeah. I'm hoping for no clouds in the forecast <laughs> <laughs> yeah like hiking along and I'm like oh look at that he's like the kids are up there let's go um but no I mean he he's He's good. He's very he's very supportive of my work and loves that I love to do it. And so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely lucky in that regard. So, yeah, it seems yeah. like you either have to have a really supportive spouse who you know, and and like circumstances where you're able to get away for a, for a few days at a time. Yeah, or or just have zero family and no kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I, I mean I definitely think that's you know that is true I think if you if you don't have a supportive spouse or, or you know you have kids you're kind of definitely makes it challenging totally so but yeah I managed to get away for two quick weekends this fall um and he was like he he actually was able to work from home those those couple times because of we're in the pandemic but nice, nice but he nice. was like yeah go He's like, you know, I can, I can be home for two days. You know, he could give me two, two of the weekdays and I got to go. I didn't get to do any of my retreats this year, but I did get to go on just a couple quick trips. So I was That's lucky. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Save cool. my sanity. So as I brave the rest of the winter. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't have anything planned this winter myself. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to figure something out at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I I I ended up getting to the Tetons for three days during the time I was supposed to be there for eleven doing back to back retreats. I wasn't sure if I would go, but but in the early September, I got to a point where I was like, if I don't go, I'm going to be literally depressed. Like I was just moping around the house. I was like, this is just not good. So, um. And ironically, exactly when I wanted to leave is when he told me his work wanted him just to go back to the office. <laughs> I was like, You're like perfect was like, timing. Really? He's like, but he's like, you could still take two days. I can still get two days. So I'm like, all right. So I like, I booked it. And I was like, at least I'm trying. I was like, I can always cancel, but I'm trying. And then it was all smoky in the Tetons. And I kept going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, I'm like, I have to go. I have to brave leaving. Because at that point, I hadn't been away from my family for more than like two hours right. for like six months. I was like, this isn't good. Like, I have to, I have to like show that I can still go. It's the best thing I ever did for myself. It was a little scary. It wasn't really, I wasn't really convinced I wanted to travel in under these circumstances, but it was, right. it was necessary for me to well, deal with my mental health at that point in time. <laughs> 
It's so interesting to hear that, you know, nature, getting out into nature is therapy for so many nature and landscape photographers. I always just find that to be really interesting. It is interesting. I I hear it all the time. I yeah. don't know. I think it's maybe it is just the way that, you know, you kind of lose everything else on your mind, you know, it's like, totally. like they talk about mindfulness, you know, and being present in that moment. I think, you know, being in nature is one of the best ways to do that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, even if I'm not taking pictures, it's just like, oh, I needed to be outside. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know during, during all of this, one of my favorite times of the day was just taking my dog for a walk. Yeah. Like that, you know, like just being outside and. Yeah. My wife and I, my wife and I are both working from home right now in the same room. Oh boy. And, and we have been since March. Wow. And, but we do a, but we do like a daily walk around the neighborhood, which is like super helps because it's like, okay, we're outside. We're not talking about work. We're disconnected and we're just enjoying being outside of the house. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good thing. It's really, it's helpful. Yeah. I know I need it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kristen. Well, I would love to hear about uh, who you think we should have here on the podcast. Sure. Um, Well, one suggestion that I have for you is um, a guy named Paul Allen, and he is a friend of mine from Idaho. And I met him through our mutual love of the Tetons. And he's, um, he's a great photographer, shoots all different he shoots landscape, nature, um, does some self-portraits of himself, like a whole wildlife, um, multi-genre. Um, one of the things that I just, he's such a great guy. I've shot with him several times out in the Tetons, but he, his captions on his images, he's a really great writer and so insightful. So I just think he's, I think he's a very, um, interesting and smart guy, very personable. Um, and then a couple other um, photographers that always inspire me um, on Instagram are um, Josh Merrill, who I have not met, but is a local photographer to me. Um, and I always love his work. And um, Leah Horstman is just someone um, I have um, followed for a long time as well on Instagram. And I really love her, love her work. Yeah, she's cool. Really inspiring. I've met Josh a couple of times here in Colorado and he's been out teaching with uh, Dusty Doddridge. So okay. um, yeah, he's got some really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really and he like seems like super busy too. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he seems to travel a fair amount. Yeah. Um, he recently was shooting um, down in, I guess, Texas, all the cypress trees. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's like yeah. the new. That's like the new thing everyone's doing. I can see why his images are, were amazing. Of course, he was yeah. telling me he was writing about how he was seeing all the gators' eyes in the dark as he went on his kayak. Yeah, hard I pass. Was, I was like, um, this is really awesome, but I don't think that would be my thing yeah that, <laughs> like, I will a, stand, i'll stand on the shores thank you <laughs> that's a big nope for me <laughs> i was like okay i do lots of things for sh- for a shot but i don't know about that one <laughs> yeah big but, giant reptiles no thank you yeah yeah he was saying he could see like the orange eyes from his from his light and he it was in the dark yeah <laughs> it was yeah impressive yeah. that's that's called earning a photograph right there yes 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 yeah i was like well i think maybe maybe i'll just have to pass on that shot (laughs) (laughs) i'll stick with my i'll stay alive for my kids but yeah 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 he made it home though to show his (laughs) shots yeah (laughs) well awesome Kristen. this has been a lot of fun and i really appreciate uh, hearing about your your women's workshop, is there anything that you wanted to kind of promote for listeners? Like what what do you got coming up? Um, well, I my twenty twenty one retreats. Um, well, my, I should say my twenty twenty retreats all got canceled and rescheduled for twenty twenty one. Although um, 
the majority of my uh, attendees deferred. So they are actually all sold out. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, that's point. good for you. Yeah. So that's good. And I'm just crossing my fingers um, that, you know, things are all good for next year, things improve. Um, but I'll definitely be offering um, a, my retreats again in, in 2022. And um, so if anyone's interested in, you know, checking out what I do with regards to ladies retreats, um, they can find that on my website. Um, and if there's um, interest, there people can check out uh, womencapturemagic.com is my uh, ladies nature and landscape network. You have to request to join, but you know, it's just, um, I accept, (laughs) I just accept on whoever comes in. So it's not like there's, you know, a test or a quiz people have to fill out (laughs) or anything. (laughs) Except are you interesting? Right. Are you, are you willing to be interesting? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, so I have some ideas for future retreats, but you know, those, some of them kind of got put on hold. Totally. So yeah, you know, I had ideas on what I thought 2020 was going to be and maybe ideas for 2021 that aren't quite, aren't quite going to happen, but you know, hopefully down the pipeline, I'll have some new locations and exciting stuff. So awesome. yeah. Yeah. Well, well, cool, Kristen. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. So good to talk to you. Of course. Well, thanks to Kristen for joining me on the podcast this week. I had a wonderful time learning about your journey as a photographer and your amazing women retreats. I wish all the best for you and your business in 2021. Before we sign off this week, I wanted to let you know about some great software created by one of the podcast patrons, Anton Everine. He created an an awesome luminosity masking panel called Arc Panel. If you've listened to earlier episodes, you'll likely remember that his luminosity masking panel is quite easy to use and is very intuitive. I highly recommend it if you're looking for a great way to improve your post-processing workflow. You can learn more about this in the liner notes for the podcast or try it for free at arcpanel.averin.photo. That's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.